Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode, I am joined by Lynn, who has recently written a book called Being. And this conversation is all about getting out of our heads and into our hearts. And I'll let Lynn go on to explain it all to you in the podcast. But what I wanted to reflect on is that today, before we recorded this, I was so in my head. I was so in my head about so many things. And listening to Lynn speak and having this conversation with her really helped me to pull myself out of my head. And I record this literally minutes after we've just had the conversation. And I have to tell you that I feel so much better having pulled myself out of my head and back into my centre. And that is what this conversation did for me. And I cannot wait to read Lynn's book that is on the five states of being. How wonderful does that sound? I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did and that it helps you get yourself out of your head and back down into your heart. Lynn, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Well, you're welcome. Lovely to be here. Yeah, it is. And we've just met randomly. So thank you for getting in touch. <laughs> Tell us a wee bit about you. Uh, so I am a kind of a mix of things. Mm-hmm. I'm a businesswoman. We've got um, a small tenanted family farm just outside Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband's a tenant farmer. The farm's been in his family for 165 years. Wow. <laughs> And uh, I kind of uh, didn't really take anything to do with the farm. Um, he grew crops. And then about 10 years ago, I kind of got involved in it because he was looking to diversify into doing something else. Mm-hmm. I was a counsellor therapist at the time, but I was on a career break because we just had our daughter Mm-hmm. And he was looking to sort of bring in some extra income, and he mentioned possibly doing cold pressed rapeseed oil. Oh. And I said, "Oh, what's all that about?" And he said, um, "Oh, it's supposed to be healthier than extra virgin olive oil." And I said, "Oh, don't talk rubbish. Nothing's healthier than extra virgin olive oil." And uh, but then I looked into it with my researcher hat on because I used to be a researcher in television. That was another job hat I had on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I looked into it, and uh, it turned out it was even healthier than extra virgin olive oil. So I encouraged him that he should give it a go, and um, he. We, we started it really just as a wee kind of sideline on the farm and uh, fast forward 10 years and we've now got a multi-award winning business with 17 different infused oils. We sell to countries throughout the world and we sell online. We have um, truffle oils as well as uh, oils like lime, lemon, lemongrass, basil, oregano, all sorts of things. We sell it things like the BBC Good Food Show, the Highland Show, stuff like that. So um, so really it's become kind of a whole other business as well as the growing crops. And uh, and, yeah, and it's, it's been great. It's really kind of reinvigorated the farm. Um, so so he loves it and we sort of employ other people doing that but uh, me being me (laughs) (laughs) uh, I've ended up kind of going off on my own tangent the last few years and I've always kind of over the years while we were doing uh, Supernature Oils I've always written just in my in my spare time 
Um, I've always kind of been a writer, but never really done anything with it. And really, a few years ago, um, a dear friend of ours died suddenly. Mm. Um, and I just thought, you know, he was only he was only young. And I just thought, you know, life's too short. And he, um, I felt, really died with his music still in him. He mm. was a graphic designer and he... Um, always said that when he retired, he was going to do more of his own art. Um, but the day never came. So so I thought, you know, I, I really kind of made me realise that I always said the same. I always said that when I kind of retired from doing business stuff, then maybe I would, um, you know, have a real proper go at my writing and try and publish something. Um but, uh, you know, he didn't get the chance. So it really spurred me to kind of apply myself to to really getting on with writing. So that was a couple of years ago. And last month I published my first book. Oh, wonderful. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I love that you, you've got so much packed in there. And I think, you know, life's a, a rich tapestry. And so it should be in it that is. real essence of... And I see it so often that tomorrow's promise. We don't know when the last day of our life is, so let's not wait on those heady days because we might never get them, you know. So exactly, exactly. I know, I know. But I'm keen to know with all of that under your belt, Lynn, which is like quite a lot. What do you know for sure? Well, really, I think it's something that has. It's really the kind of central theme of the book because it's something that has really become clear to me over the last kind of 10 to 15 years and I think I've been writing this book for sort of 10 to 15 years is that probably since my teens 20s I thought all the answers lay in my head I thought all the answers to life lay in figuring it all out in in thinking 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 and in reading all the self-help books that were going and in um, studying and planning and organizing and and you know I I just I tied myself in knots in trying to figure it all out for decades and I think really what I've kind of come to know for sure and it's just become clearer and clearer to me over the last few years, is that the answers aren't in our head. The answers are much more in coming out of our head. The answers are much more becoming rooted in our hearts and in the here and now and in being rooted in what's around us and our experiences. And I think more and more that is every day is shown to me and, and I kind of get it reaffirmed to me all the time Yeah, that, you know, obviously we've got to use our minds, but, but we live there most of the time and it causes chaos for us psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, physically in, in illnesses and diseases. And, uh, and I think that, for me, that's it's become a certainty for me now that, that that's not the way to live because when you live in your head, it's just, it's, it's not a very happy experience living in your head all the yeah. time. Yeah, and I'd resonate with that, even just in this beautiful 
day that we are recording this, obviously on Zoom, but it's a beautiful day outside. And even like the last few days, I've been very agitated. And I know, I had the knowing, this is because you're too much in your head, Anne. Mm. Mm. How did you get to that place? Because it's been probably part of my spiritual journey to remind myself when I get too much in my head to pull myself back down and to, right, come on, just stop for a minute, get quiet, hand on heart. What is it that's actually annoying you? Do you just need to calm down? And so that's been a journey that I've also been on for a long time. And when I remember to, I can pull myself out of being in my head. What had that journey looked like for you? Did it take you a long time to realise, get out of being in my head? And how do we even explain to others to go on that quest, I suppose, is a much bigger question, isn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, I think yeah, for me, similarly to you, it did take a while. And I think it took, actually, it took becoming a bit of, you know, I was going to say a bit of a basket case, but that's been a bit unkind to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, try not, I try not to be so unkind to myself anymore because I used to really beat myself up in my own head about, you know, um, if, when I felt that I was, you know, in my head, I, I would be sort of full of self-loathing and self-hatred about feeling that I was in a, a bit of a mess when I was sort of in my 20s. Um, and I think really just feeling psychological pain uh, of being in my head. I think eventually um, you realise what you're doing to yourself. You get to a place and suddenly you realise, or maybe not suddenly, just over time you realise that you are doing this to yourself. Yeah by being in your head mm-hmm. so you start to realize that you don't want to do it to yourself anymore you start to realize that you want to find solutions mm-hmm. and then you maybe turn to you know therapy counseling or whatever and, and it was in my 30s before I really turned to sort of going to get some counseling and that started to help a bit and uh, I started to read some sort of self-help books and that helped a bit and um, and then it's just starting to find the sort of inroads to getting a wee bit, a wee chink of light for yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, now there's a lot of amazing online resources for people that people can sort of find that little bit of chink of light for themselves. And I think when you find that, you realise that the minute you get a little bit of relief from, from being lost in your mind, then you realise there's an alternative to being lost in your mind. Yeah. And the minute you get that, you can you, you realize that you've got that alternative, and you can you can go to that alternative more and more. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think there's so many ways that people can do that now, and people are becoming more aware of mindfulness and meditation and things like that. And uh, and I think you know then for me in my thirties, I trained as a as a counselor and a therapist and worked in that area, so that kind of speeded up the process a lot for me, and I was able to to do that a lot more I was able to to find a way out of my being sort of lost in my head a lot more mm-hmm. and I think um, everyone finds the way that works best for them mm-hmm. um, but I think it's just the more you do it the more you realize that 
you feel so much better when you're not just locked in your mind. Yeah. And so you so you want to to do that more often. Uh huh. And it's that awareness. I think as soon as you've got awareness of something. And you're halfway there. You're more than halfway there. And it's that, like, yeah, you can, you know, in in conversations I maybe have with friends or people I'm doing work with or whatever, and they don't think they know the solution, but it's because they don't know the solution in their busy, stressed-out head. But if they can calm down, then the solution, they do know the solution. It's just that hyper-thinking is a hard place to know anything. And it's like... How do you, have you got a thought, because I know you've just wrote your book, it's called Being, so I'm assuming it's all about what we're talking about just now. Have you got a thought on how people can just like reflect, like, well, maybe, I, and I would do myself the kindness like you, I try, I'm very kind to myself, and haven't always been, but it's a journey, and yeah, maybe I don't know the answer right now, I could say to myself, but I will know it. It might take me a couple of weeks, but I just need to calm down and take my eyes off it and step away from it. And then maybe I'll know the answer as opposed to thinking I need to go and ask a hundred other people the answer because that's just going to stress me out even more because then even more is going to be in my head. So what is that? Do you know, is that what the book, is the book helping people understand that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's about, it's about, um, initially the first part of it is about understanding why we're in our heads so much and about how to come out of your head and more into your heart and into Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. and then the next bit is about um, the five states of being so awareness acceptance love gratitude and creativity are what I see as the five states of being Mm -hmm. and how you can cultivate those states of being and how being in those states of being any one of them can help you come back to those states of being more and come out of your head more. And then basically how doing any of that can help you transform your life basically and be and live more authentically as yourself. Mm-hmm. So so really it's just about the journey of coming out of your head to become more yourself and just live live authentically as yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's and it's about you know, it's about everyone doing it at their own pace and in their own way and just, um, uh, you know, being kind to themselves. Yep, yep. And see, when you're talking about these five states of being, and I know that's because some work I do is on a strengths model, so I have five top strengths. And when I work with people on that, I know what strength to lean into depending on what I'm doing in a work sense. Yes. So I'm I'm extrapolating that onto your book now. Do you know how to choose what state of being you need to be in for an ex, for a certain circumstance? Like this has just happened. What state of being yeah. can I be most useful for here? Is that something you've managed to isolate for yourself? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is instinctual. I think mm. that uh, I talk about that a lot in that it comes up with your your kind of gut instinct comes yeah. up for things because the more that you're in being, the more that you come out of your head and into being, the more you instinctively know what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start to it's it's that knowing rather mm. than thinking. It's that trusting that knowing in yourself what's right for you yeah it was that trusting was just what I was ready to ask you because what it depends on I think so much of our lives could be so much easier if we just trusted ourselves couldn't they honestly so see that journey of trusting yourself are you in a good place with trusting that I've got the answer I can cope with this I can sort this is that 
a huge part yeah. of it. Definitely more and more now, and and it's taken me a while to get there because I, you know, I used to find it difficult. Even even you know, just a, a year or two ago, um, I would find it difficult to. I might feel instinctively that I should do something, but my head would still be screaming at me, but 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 but, mm-hmm. um, because it would make more sense mentally to do something else. Yeah, but. But instinctively, I would say, no, no, I need to follow this path. And and I had to almost kind of mentally drag myself to kicking and screaming mentally to do something because instinctively I knew it was the right thing to do. And further down the road, I would think, well, I'm glad I I stuck to what I felt was the right thing to do um, because because your mind has got entrenched ideas that are from your conditioning and from from way back of of what it thinks you ought to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I talk about that in the book as well, about all the conditioning and all the things that you've been brought up to think you ought to do. So sometimes it's hard to go against that, but you've got to you've got to develop the ability to trust in your own voice and your own your own sense of what's right for you and and the more you do it the stronger that sense of what's right what's right for you becomes and I'm much more comfortable now with just sitting with that kind of building letting it build and letting and the more you sit with it and let it build the more you know it's the right thing to do so if you yeah. don't have to make a decision quickly or act on it quickly yes. it's great because you can just let it build and build and then you think yeah I know this now I really know this is what I need to do mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's good that uh, you can you can sort of trust in it more and it feels really good to feel more um just feel more strength in your own your own conviction and your decisions Uh uh-huh and you know I resonate with that so much because I think it's probably quite new for me the last couple of years but when I don't know what to do I think I'll just sit with that I'll just leave it there and either I'll work out what to do or I'll forget about it because I forget about stuff a lot so or I'll forget about it either way a solution will be found either it's going to get forgotten or I'm going to do something with it and therefore Uh, we'll find out where the path goes so if you (laughs) if you reflect back to obviously you said that very sadly you had a friend that died suddenly and he still had his music in him it's it's a saying that you know Wayne Dyer used to say all the time don't die when your music's still in you didn't he and um and I'm very committed to not dying when my music's still in me as well do you feel as if you're honouring that now yes definitely definitely um I feel that I um, I feel now that I'm doing what I should have done 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel as if I'm on the path that I should have been on 20, 30 years ago. But weirdly, I feel that I couldn't have I couldn't be on that path then because I feel that I've become the person that I needed to be to be where I am now. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of I kind of feel that when I was where where I was 20, 30 years ago, I wouldn't have had the the uh, experiences and the confidence to actually um you know be writing what I'm writing now and be doing what I'm doing now um, and and I, I kind of had to go through the journey of of building the business and being a counselor therapist doing all that stuff before I could be writing what I'm writing and doing what I'm doing so yeah. it, it worked out the way it was supposed to work out but I'm, I'm you know it feels good to to be doing what I'm doing now and, and I feel like I'll, I'll just keep doing it for for the rest of my life 
or yeah. unless I get the knowing that I need to do something else. Exactly, and then you do when you know what you're going to do different, you do yeah. different. <laughs> so the book is available now, being, and I'm going to put a link in the commentary to go with this podcast if anybody does want to listen to that, and it's by you, Lynn Mann. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. And it's available on audiobook as well, in case people like prefer listening to audiobooks. If they're listening to your podcast, it's also available in ebook and audiobook. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lynn, for joining me on the podcast. Thank-, Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.